Welcome to the City on a Hill podcast. City on a Hill is a Catholic young adult community located in the greater Kansas City area with a mission to inspire and form the young adult generation in their pursuit of sainthood. In each episode, we feature a young adult who will share their story of encountering Christ, some specific ways they are personally pursuing sainthood, and how they live on mission here in Kansas City. We are grateful you've decided to tap into our community and hope that you feel inspired on your personal pursuit of sainthood. Thanks for listening in, and here are your hosts. Welcome back to another episode of the City on a Hill podcast. I'm your host, Father Andrew Mattingly. Happy to welcome as co-host Taylor Downey. Taylor, welcome. Hey, thanks, Father. Although I think maybe I mentioned this an episode or two ago, your last name will be different Probably. by the time this is released. Yep. God willing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations in advance and also in, what would that be, retrospect? Like <laughs> <Yeah>. both? <laughs> Anyhow, we're way off track already, but um <laughs> We want to welcome on our guest today, Sam Fulner. So welcome, Sam. It's great to be here today with you guys. And we were just commenting, it's kind of cold outside right now. It is uh, third week of January, although this may not come out until summertime. (laughs) And it's very cold. Sam was cold waiting uh, (laughs) to come into the recording studio because um, we were recording before this and we were kind of backlogged. And Sam, although you're from Minnesota, apparently you have lost, you said, all of your sort of imperviousness to cold. Is that right? Yes, I definitely have. It's It's been long enough since I've lived there that I think it all disappeared. It's gone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's gone, disappeared. Okay. Well, jumping right into it, Sam, if you would lay out for us your testimony and how the Lord has worked in your life. Yeah, I can jump right in with that. So I grew up in Minnesota, and uh, but I've been involved with City on a Hill for several years. I pretty much joined right when I moved here. Um, I thought it seemed like a great organization, and I was excited to meet other young Catholics. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am a software engineer at Garmin, so that's what brought me out here to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So I will just kind of give you a summary from childhood up until post-college. So I was raised Catholic, and I remember having a personal relationship with Christ at an early age. I, on an emotional level, it was just really easy for me to feel gratitude and love towards him for my close family and all the friends and hobbies that I took pleasure in. And yeah, it was easy for me to see him through arts, music, and just in the loving relationships around me. And then uh, on the intellectual side, uh, my parents were really good about introducing books and movies with Christian themes, and our entire family was interested in history. So we just kind of enjoyed seeing kind of how his plan has unfolded throughout the ages. Um yeah, I was an avid reader and I was always just really attracted to tales of heroism. So that's kind of in my adult life translated into uh, a lot of interest in saints and saints biographies, just mm-hmm. finding those fascinating. And um, yeah, so that was the intellectual side for me. 
Um, I would say that aside from those interests, I didn't have very strong sources of Catholic formation outside of weekly mass and confirmation classes Mm -hmm. in high school. So it's been great being a part of City on a Hill and just getting to, I I kind of consider it playing catch up because I just, I feel like, you know, everybody else has all these amazing things that they've known about and they're always teaching me. So hopefully I can pay that forward uh, in my life as well. So I'd say as far as my faith being tested, the biggest tests came in college. So... I think just kind of spurred on by leaving the emotional safety of my family and lifelong friends and then also having kind of the structure and goals of high school removed. Like it was kind of on my own, had a lot of choices to make on my own, and there were a couple of good things that came out of these experiences that I'd like to dive into. Um, The first was... Uh, just growing in humility and then also finding some really genuine uh, friendships who kind of helped me with my faith life. Mm -hmm. So uh, for college, I went to Purdue University and I was actually recruited to join the swimming team. And so I was uh, kind of trying to juggle the student athlete life uh, with computer science as my major, which that was also challenging me along with the athletic endeavors. And uh, I was 500 miles away from home. I didn't know anybody from my hometown who was at Purdue with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I that first semester and at times throughout my swimming career, I was the one of the lower performers on the team. So my confidence definitely took a hit uh, from just putting up some bad times and things like that. So uh, and then also, just as I mentioned, the academic pressures as well and having to balance my time. And uh, so it was a lot of failure that I was experiencing uh, that I hadn't felt before and kind of loneliness of being one of many, you know, a little fish in a big pond. Um, and so I'd say my confidence took a hit, but it was probably good to be made aware aware of more of my shortcomings and kind of have an opportunity to work on those. Mm. And it was definitely a wake up call on how God might have a different plan than what I had initially thought. You know, I thought my college experience was going to be smooth sailing and that turned out to not be the case. So it definitely taught me to be grateful for the things that I did have. Um, And one important lesson I learned was that I could be lovable even when I wasn't the top contributor. I wasn't getting straight A's. And I I saw that from uh, my family as well. Like they supported me through all of it, even though... I was calling them, you know, with all my sob stories of what had happened that week at practice, but they really stuck by me. And then I made a lot of friends who they did not care how I was doing in practice or at the swim meets and especially some of my cross country runner friends who they didn't really, they're like, what events do you swim again? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you don't care. I mean, you care because I care, but you, you're not concerned with me being, you know, top top swimmer or anything like that. So um, 
so speaking of friendship, um, God's providence was very evident to me that he put some girls in my life by chance who helped me grow my relationship with them. Because I I was falling into some bad patterns where I was almost kind of only trying to do the minimum in my spiritual life, kind of just scraping by. And I had these friends throughout college who rejected that idea and would offer gentle correction and just kind of expire me to raise my standards. Um. And it, it was great because I didn't meet these. I mean, it was an example of providence because I didn't meet these women through church. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was one of those cross-country runners that I mentioned. And another was my my randomly assigned roommate during mm-hmm. my first Garmin internship. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's actually in City on a Hill. So shout out to Hannah Allen mm-hmm. uh, for keeping me on on track. <laughs> and so now that I'm in City on a Hill, I'm always surrounded by people like this, people who are all in and really just encouraging me to step it up and reminding me of all the work that God's doing in my life. And that pretty much brings us today up to today. Um, I'm kind of curious. You mentioned towards the end there these friends – Sam, that had given you like gentle, like you mm-hmm. said, gentle corrections. Do you remember mm-hmm. one of those specifically? Um, yeah, one of my one mm-hmm. of my cross country runners. She was. It, it was a bit of a a moment where she told me that she thought I was drinking too much, uh. and she was probably right. Like she wasn't. She wasn't partying on the weekends with her practice schedule, and I thought that I was okay because I was only going out once a night or once a week. I wasn't as crazy as some of the other athletes, so it was kind of one of those things where I was comparing myself to what other people Hmm. were doing, and I thought I was fine, and she was just saying, you know, it'd probably be good for you to cut back, or if you're going to go, just maybe have one or two, so that'd be an example of like one of my pitfalls in college and somebody just someone who I was close to just bringing that concern to me and Mm. like you know you're right like Mm -hmm. this is this is not good for me physically or spiritually so yeah that's one example Mm. that I can remember so that's Uh, great praise the Lord for good friends yeah yeah yeah, she was (laughs) yeah she's an angel so that's awesome that Mm kind of makes me think too you mentioned you know like kind of what was going through your head then of like, well, I'm not like, I'm not partying every night, you know, it's just once a week, you know, and, and sort of mm-hmm. like where the bar was for you. Um, yep. And then you also mentioned though being inspired by stories of heroism and that mm-hmm. kind of drawing you to the saints. Um, I guess I'm kind of curious, putting those two things together <clears throat> has, has reading the lives of the saints kind of helped you to visualize like a new bar, so to speak? Or do you find that it's still easy to fall into like more looking around and let me mm-hmm. let me find somebody that's it's <laughs> like <laughs> yeah maybe a step below and I'll just mm-hmm. I'll just well I'm not I'm, at least I'm not yeah. there so I'm doing all right or mm-hmm. I don't know talk a little bit about that yeah I do think that it has kept me honest um, 
one that I one that I come back to, and he's not a saint yet, but y- uh, you actually recommended me to read about uh, Father Foucault, or was brother? Oh yeah, Charles mm-hmm. de Foucault. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he th- he had such a he's a very extreme like hardcore yeah. example, but <laughs> yeah. he's also kind of a good example for me because. He was somebody who was living kind of a partier's existence and a more of a materialism and then and then he went off to uh be a missionary to people in Africa and living a very ascetic lifestyle. So he'd be yeah, he's one example of someone who pops into my mind every now and then. I'm yeah. like if Charles Deficald could do it, could do this, then you can you know, you can get out of bed. <laughs> At, on time and yeah he's he's one example um and uh yeah so <laughs> do you do you have a favorite saint biography that you've read or a favorite just saint in general i'd say edith stein has been very special to me hmm. uh we made her our patriot saint of our sisterhood group hmm. and uh, i think just uh, her intelligence and how how she was a professional mm-hmm. woman and very uh, very an accomplished philosopher and how she she gave that up to become a sister and mm-hmm. that was her heart's desire and then just the tragic way that she gave up her life. Mm-hmm. Is in the Holocaust, so I've just always found her really interesting, mm-hmm. and yeah, just inspiring how how it much how it's just a great story her life. So yeah, yeah, that's so great. I mean, like obviously the ultimate uh, bar, if you will, is like Jesus. You know, like he's the <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But the mm-hmm. saints are helpful because they they kind of incarnate the life of Jesus in a particular like state in life, you know, mm-hmm. married, single, religious, priest. They also incarnated in a certain time period in history, you know. So you're mentioning Edith Stein, which she didn't mm-hmm. live that long ago. Um, exactly. And so I think having – it's it's amazing how many people like have big conversions just reading Lives of the Saints. So mm-hmm. anyhow, I was, um, just wanted to get into that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, totally make it more practical. That's awesome. Sam, tell us um, maybe some way currently that you are trying to grow deeper in love with the Lord. So something that I'm continually working on, and I think it's come up in a few homilies that I've heard recently, is just bringing God into every moment of the day (laughs) and bringing him into every decision that you're making and just making that con making that conscious effort. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I'm getting better at that. Cause it did kind of reflecting on college. I remember having moments where I, I didn't have a consistent prayer life. So there'd be a day where I would think to myself, I haven't thought about God or Jesus in three days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, I knew that that was not good. I knew that that was wrong. And so now I'm just trying to make that consistent effort, um, not fall back into that old pattern. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of my main focus right now. So 
With uh, kind of, I'm not going to use the exact words that you did, but this like achiever and like doer mentality that you had in mm-hmm. college. Um, what does that look like now to emphasize like relational? So maybe it's using a specific mm-hmm. example of inviting the Lord into your day in a particular way. But yeah, how have you bridged that uh, head to heart gap, if we if we call it that? Yeah, it's still it's still a continual struggle for me like to not to not get upset about things that aren't in my control and Mm -hmm. to not try to control everything Mm -hmm. and make everything go according Mm -hmm. to my plan so I think part of trying to bring God into my decision making process I think is going to help with that Mm -hmm. so yeah that yeah. makes sense when you can like personify and see that relation in a particular decision or a particular moment. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, can make it a more relational aspect and relational dialogue, if you will. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, what you said about um, just kind of bring, bringing God into every moment and um, something I read recently, an author was using this analogy. He was like, you know, when a young man like falls in love with a woman, he thinks about her constantly you know and if she falls Mm -hmm. in love with him vice versa it's just like every waking moment literally like just thinking about each other and he basically was like look what about god (laughs) he's sort of the uh the supreme like lover of humanity and lover of each of us and and so that speaking of bars you know or Mm -hmm. goals like that 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 should be the goal that like we're so in love with god that we Mm -hmm. just can't stop thinking about him all day and uh um that made, that made me, mm-hmm. what you said made me kind of think about that. And um, it's hard. It's hard to like think about God every moment of the day yeah. and, and really like be present with him. So that's, I think that's probably a goal. If you came on this podcast 20 years from now, you'd probably still. I'd probably <laughs> still be working on still it. Still be yes. working on it. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. That's great. That's fair. Um, good. Sam, tell us some way that you're trying to live on mission, spread the gospel, be a witness. Yeah, so it kind of goes back to those those female friendships uh, that I talked about. So um, since those have been so important to me throughout my life, I it kind of ties in with the volunteering that I'm doing with the sisterhood small groups mm-hmm. with City on a Hill. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's been indispensable for me to have those consistent relationships with other women pursuing Christ, Mm -hmm. just seeing that group of people every week and they know what you're struggling with and what you're trying to work, work on. And they're there to offer support and accountability. So yeah, it's, that's something that I'm passionate about. And I, I want these women, women who are just joining groups or maybe looking to, yeah, basically just people who are new to the small groups. I want them to feel welcome and uh, just seen and appreciated for who they are as daughters of God. And I feel like sisterhood does a really good job of that. Mm-hmm. At least the the 20 or so women that I've been in sisterhood groups with have just been exceptional. So just yeah. hope that everybody can experience that. Did you get involved in sisterhood? I know you said you got involved with City on a Hill um, mm-hmm. immediately moving here did that include sisterhood then yeah that was the first thing I think I went to I think yeah there there were wine and cheese group 
nights back in uh, 2014. So I think I went to one of those and then I knew that I should get in with sisterhood right away. So that's awesome. Yep. What, yeah. Is there any like particular story or anecdote uh, in your tenure with City on a Hill? Um, Maybe a particular fruit in your own personal life or connections that have been made amidst the group members or yeah, just like a particular um, study of some of some kind that was particularly beneficial from a group. To think about that. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> or maybe your number one reason why you would encourage uh, someone who maybe is on the fence about joining a small group. Yeah, what a piece of encouragement of what they might receive from sisterhood might be. I think there's so much to learn. And so it's just great uh, having all these women who have been who have who have been at different Newman centers for college Mm -hmm. or gone on different mission trips or been involved in different apostolates. And they just they just bring so much to the group like everybody. They each have their own favorite saint and a book they can recommend. Mm -hmm. And our group right now we we kind of just go from study to study based on what people suggest to us mm-hmm. within the group because everyone always has a great idea um like we did we did a book study on the great divorce by c.s lewis hmm. and it's there's a lot of i don't know if it's a, if they're metaphors or allegories but there's there's a lot in there that you can miss and just going through that with other people and just mm-hmm. seeing what other people pull out of it is really helpful. So that's, that's one of the more recent ones that we've done. That's an example. That's great. It's interesting. Uh, something you, the way you kind of described that dynamic just now, Sam made me think of a conversation I had recently with somebody. It was very brief, but about different methods of education actually. So, a more like what's sometimes called like more Socratic method of teaching or mm-hmm. classical or there are other names for it is where it's it's basically like for the most part you like read a text together and discuss it like it's very sort of like conversational um, yep. and, but for most of us the the education format that we grew up with was lecture based where you have somebody who has right. the floor and they're teaching um, so it's it's just kind of fascinating to me that like there is such a hunger in many people for like small group kind of stuff. And I think p- yep. part of it has to do that with that as humans, I think for the most part, we're more attracted to learning in this kind of interactive, like conversational way than like a lecture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so uh, when you're just describing, like, oh, like. We, we read through the great divorce and like because I'm discussing with these different people I get all these insights that I wouldn't get otherwise um, and mm-hmm. it's even true of like a lecture based teaching which has its place like you're really just getting the perspective of one person yeah. um, but in a in a in a sort of discussion group you can kind of like build on each other and anyhow a bit of a tangent yeah. but mm-hmm. um, yeah you bringing that up made me think I, I think in in part, um, and obviously wanting friendship and stuff is a big driver for people who want to 
become involved in a small group of some kind, but, but just that format for learning as well, I think is particularly attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I've gotten so much out of it in both areas and as far as the, the friendship mm-hmm. and, and some, some nights we talk for, we talk about our lives for most of the meeting, but then other nights we, we talk about the subject matter mm-hmm. and in both of both the groups that I've been in, we've done a really good job when talking about our lives of bringing Christ into it. Mm-hmm. We're not just yeah talking like you would with, I don't know, your, your non-Christian friends. Yeah. So, and the, with the lecture based format, sometimes we are, we are reading lectures in mm-hmm. print form, but then we're talking about them at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It kind of fits the overall theme of, uh, yeah, your transition from like doing to relational that Mm -hmm. it would make sense that we as humans learn through different relationships in our life. Um, Yeah. Similarly to like reading about the saints, but then being friends with a group of women who are pursuing sainthood Mm -hmm. in their own unique way. Mm -hmm. Um, These opportunities to relate to and learn from one another, which is beautiful. Great. Well, Sam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's great to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And thanks, Taylor, as well. Hey, thanks. And thank you all for listening to this episode of the City and Hill podcast. We hope you join us next time. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the City on a Hill podcast. Consider subscribing so you don't miss another exciting episode or leaving a review which may help others find the podcast and be inspired on their pursuit of sainthood. Check out our website at kansascityonahill.org and consider joining us at one of our upcoming events. Be assured of our prayers for you and for all young adults in the Kansas City area. God bless.